Testing? Oh, wait. Sorry. You sorry, leave sorry. in. Try again. Testing, testing, testing. another episode of book dragon this week we are going to be talking about the process of writing a book so to give you a little bit of background both ellie and i have been in the process of writing a book for about a year now each and each of us has very different opinions on how this should be work i think that it should have more of a structured outline and follow more of a plan and ellie just kind of flies by the seat of her pants so hopefully this video will be helpful to you and kind of the dude the different types of writing a book or just like how to write a book if you don't even know how to now before we get a little bit more into it this podcast is sponsored by bloomsbury publishing with new and upcoming releases each week and sales in barnes and noble target amazon and more Pick up this week's newest release at www.bloomsbury.com or check out our, our website uh, Check out uh, our website for titles to interest you. Now for a little bit of background, uh, both Ellie and I have been in the book writing process for a little while right now. I've been in it for over a year. She's been in it for like six to eight months. Yeah. And so this, uh, obviously, we are not professionals. We don't do this for a living. This Yet. is just us discussing our process. I do plan on getting it published. Yes. This is just kind of us discussing our process, our creative process, how we write a book, how we edit, things like that. And I'm their reader that gives feedback. Yes. She's our editor, basically. She's not the editor. Content. I'm just your reader. Yes. She's the person who, like, gives us the emotional things we need to know to see, like, how we need to tweak it to make it more devastating. Yes. Okay, so let's get right into it. So the first thing I have is developing an idea. This is one of the most fundamental stages of uh, of building your world and your story around. And so what do you do first? Well, first, it really depends on the time. I get most of my book ideas from dreams. Um... That's also because I write in the fantasy genre, and my dreams tend to be more fantastical. Well, my dreams are fantastical, too. I only talked about, like, that one, like, actually cohesive one. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway, creating idea. This is what your world is. You might have characters pop into your brain and character traits pop up into your brain, but it's what the world is, what the genre is, and from there you're going to start to build a storyline. So you're going to start to create characters. 
So who's your main character? What's their motivation? And why is this character important to the plot? So you really can't jury where your character is unimportant to the plot in the story. Um, because it feels like you should be following a different character. Yes, the main character should drive the story, essentially. It should be their story, because they're the ones telling it. Or you don't... you're telling their story. Depending yes. on the, per t uh, the point of view you use. Yeah. And so motivation what is their motivation for driving along the pot take harry potter for existence example <laughs> yeah not for existence sorry for example so the whole story with harry potter is that he was the boy who lived right he was marked by voldemort blah 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 this is a classic example of a chosen one story his he literally gets called chosen one later in the book yeah his motivation is destiny he feels like it is his destiny to fight Voldemort and to, you know, liberate uh, the oh, wizarding world right. from Voldemort. Uh, another different type of story would be uh, an example that we use a lot, which is Akotar, A Court of Thorns and Roses. In this story, a girl named Feyre is the main character, and uh, her motivation throughout most of the story is love whether that's love for whoever she's with at the time or love for her family it usually drives her such as when under the mountain she's completing all these tasks and surviving Amarantha's, tor uh, Amarantha's torture it's also that she can free Tamalin and his people and then later the story shifts on to her loving her people and the court that she represents yeah and then when she becomes part of the night court it becomes more like, she feels she has a duty to represent her people and also to represent her, the side of her that was human, the side that her sisters used to be, the part of them that was human. And you're going to do this for a lot of your characters, not just your main character. Each character should have some motivation, even though other character motivations will not be as strong. Like... It, for instance, in my book, the main character's motivation is still unclear at the moment. Not because I don't have a motivation for her, but because she's very lost right now. But one of the character's friends' motivation, her entire reason for doing what she does, is to protect the kingdom she works for. To protect the kingdom and its people from outside harm. Mm -hmm. And that might change with character development, but right now, that is what drives her. That's a very classic book trope and motivation for characters is protecting the ones that they love. Because a lot of times there's a lot of action in books, whether it's um, whether someone's attacking them physically or mentally or emotionally. Uh, a goal for a main character can be protection. So now we have our characters we're going to move on to developing a plot now the plot is probably the most complex part that you're going to have to create and it's a little more difficult you'll never just create a plot and then it will be set you're always going to keep developing plots ideas will always keep popping up into your head and that's why editing isn't just like what changing around your vocabulary or moving around a few sentences. It can be completely restructuring your plot. It but could also be correcting things that were part of your idea, but now stick out and do not fit in your idea. Yeah. So, what happens when you're creating a plot? So, 
some examples of um, usually in a plot you have you have the uh, the beginning, the rising action, the climax, and then the resolution. So in this beginning, it's going to be more of a, and you're going to have many, okay, uh, you're going to have many of these little, um, what do we call them, uh, plot roller coasters yeah. throughout your book, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but in developing a plot, you're going to want many different plot points, but you're going to find a way, something to weave them all together. So, one example of this is, like, in my book. My book is kind of a, um... It's, urban fantasy? It's an urban fantasy, and it's kind of a chosen one story, where, again, uh, but this time, she really doesn't know why she's been chosen, but we fight, we figure it out. Um, so that can be a very strong plot point, is that someone is threatening something that the character feels like it is their duty to uphold, and they have to fight for it. So my book is also a chosen one story in the fact that they are literally chosen. And right now they're trying to find out why they are chosen. And that's why I said their motivation isn't very clear right now because they're just kind of lost. Their they're motivation. trying to find their way in a new world. They've been thrown into their situation. Yes. Their motivation is finding their way. Their motivation is finding their motivation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so next it's... Um, when you're developing a plot, you'll also want to use, uh, you want a unique story. You don't want a story that's always been done before, but you also want to know that using some of the same plot threads from other stories are okay. And it's actually sometimes a good thing. Because a lot of those things are, um, sort of, so using tropes for existence uh, uh not for, what do I keep saying for existence? For example. Yeah, for example, can be very helpful because those are things that readers have seen before and a lot of times things readers like. If you've read a book, you know it's successful enough that it made it to you and you know that trope may be useful. Yeah. Don't plagiarize. You can expand upon the idea. You are always welcome to improve it in your own ways or change it around. But don't just, like, keep the same idea. For instance, a trope I had was different blood colors. I had read a book where there was silver and red blood, and the silver-blooded people had powers. I thought that was interesting, and I wanted to put that into my own book. But I also added gold blood, and I expanded upon the power sets of silvers so that golds could be a more powerful version of that. While the reds and the silvers remain slightly the same, I added to it, and I've also changed the way reds work. Yeah. And, for example, in my book, we have, like, a lot of different books where some of the main characters are a race of fairy or fae. And that's, uh, I use that in my book as a way to introduce the magic setting, um, and introduce the new world. Um, and so... That's another thing, is a lot of times you'll see split worlds. And how do you take an everyday world and create something entirely new? So, for example, in my book, there is Earth in the modern time. And uh, the main character lives there, then discovers that she is part of a uh, 
species of fae called Kintaris. And basically, they live in this separate world after they were hunted down a millennia ago. And so to get through this world, they have to portal in and out. And so building this world was entirely different. You kind of have to think of a setting. And I'm a completely biased person when I say that Pinterest is great for learning how to develop hot points. I have Pinterest boards upon Pinterest boards upon Pinterest boards of this. Next thing about plots is how to set up a plot without giving away too much of the information. This is an important thing because you want to keep characters involved. You want to keep the people reading your book involved in the story, but you also don't want them to know too much too soon because then it gets boring and stasic. They need to be guessing still. Yeah, you want to keep them guessing. You want to keep them um, kind of on, on the their, edge. On their toes. Yeah. So you want to give them some information, but not too much. And you definitely don't want to give away the most important information early on in the book. You want to develop your plot lines slowly. Okay, so now we'll go on to topic two, which is outlining. This will be the second step in your process. Outlines, some people don't do them, but to me, outlines are important. Um, so... What's the first thing in an outline? Of course, you have a beginning, a middle, and an end. So you want to develop that first. Where does your character start? What happens in the middle of the book? And what's going on in the end? What's kind of their man mental space? Uh, what is different about these three different sectors? And the character development. Mm -hmm. And the different character development. What's their arcs? And so the next thing in that is you're going to be breaking down the, the beginning, the middle, and the end into acts. Acts are a way to break up your story into uh, separate the different plot roller coasters, as I like to call them. And so, basically, in each act, you will have a small uh, beginning, rising action, climax, and then resolution. And each one of those will kind of build up to the bigger climax of your book, which will happen somewhere in either third or fourth plot, depending on how many acts you have in your book. I have about four acts, and each act is about nine chapters. So this means that you have three chapters for the beginning of your book, or three chapters to kind of set up what you're going to do, three chapters for the rising action, kind of, you know, further building up, you start to get more information about what's going on. And then, uh, so, and usually the last act, uh, the last chapter in that um, three-section break uh, in the rising action is going to be your climax chapter, or the last two are going to be your climax chapters. Uh, or you can make those the first two of your resolution, because the last three chapters in that segment will be your resolution chapters. That's just another way to break it up. And so after you have that, you just put your uh, world building and your idea into that. And so now we have topic three, and that's writing and editing. And while this might sound like the most uh, straightforward of all of the topics, it can also be a little difficult. First of all, your first chapter. 
your first chapter is an important chapter in your book because it's basically going to determine whether the reader continues to read it or not. You don't want to give away a lot of information way too quickly because that will overwhelm the reader. But don't make it boring. Yeah, don't make it boring. You want to you want to add a lot of detail but not a lot of information. So make it very um, sensory. Give a lot of um, uh, imagery in your first chapter. Uh, and also you're going to want to introduce characters and you're going to want to introduce their character traits or their most prominent character traits. So you don't want to, this is where you're going to start your story. So it's kind of the foundation and the building block. So you need to make that sure this is a strong step. And then we have giving the right amount of detail. As we talked about, you don't want to overwhelm the reader with way too much detail way too soon. That just makes them want to quit, take a break, and, you know, maybe not come back. So, after this, the writing process is pretty simple. You just use your outline and you let your fingers type, or if you have chosen, you let your pencil fly across the paper. And, okay, so the next thing is what to do when you come to a writing block. So, you have your outline... And you know what you're supposed to be writing, but you just cannot find the words to put it down on paper. And that is completely okay. It happens to the best of us. What you have to know is that the easiest thing to do when this happens is just to keep writing. Write anything. For all you care, if you're in the middle of a chapter, just create little parentheses. Put what happens in the chapter. It doesn't have to be very descriptive. Say, I don't know, your character is having a fight with the antagonist of the book. You know, character and antagonist battle it out. Character gets wounded, and then a love interest comes to us rescue them. And then move on to your next chapter. You can always come back during the edit editing process and fill that in. Maybe you'll have more, more motivation to write it then. You know, motivation comes in bursts. It's not always going to be a constant in your life. And so when you have the motivation, take it. And when you don't have the motivation, just try to write something down. I swear it will help. Okay, now we move on to the editing process. And traditionally, when people think of editing, they think of correcting grammatical, uh, grammatical errors or moving around small sentences. But as we addressed in the beginning of this podcast, Editing can be so much more. A lot of times, books will be very long. Like the average, uh, the lowest average for a book um, defined by NaNoWriMo would be 50,000 words. And that's still quite a few pages. And manuscript pages, it's about 110. And so, and so in this, you're going to make sure you're going to read through. You're going to read through your book so many times that I guarantee you, you will become sick of it eventually. But you're going to need to keep rereading and changing around things. And you need to make sure that your plot flows. You want it to have a nice flow. If it feels kind of staggered or it doesn't feel like um, the transitions uh, uh, don't really... Uh, make the book cohesive, you're going to have to change something around. Even if you really liked it there, it might not be the best fit for your book. Like, for example, you have this chapter, and it's a great chapter, and it kind of develops a side character's plot, but it mainly doesn't fit with the whole other plot. 
and it kind of breaks up your story. Make that a separate chapter at the end of the book. Make that a bonus chapter or an epilogue or something, but don't keep it there if you feel like it's breaking up your story. You could also move up that section to a different part in the book that could fit it better. Yeah, that's also another thing. Sometimes it doesn't fit somewhere, but it'll fit somewhere else better. Like, maybe you just have too much information in this one chapter, and it's kind of just an information drop. I have a lot of chapters, I feel like, where it's just information drops, and it's just me putting a lot of information and a lot of world building. Sometimes it's too early in the book for that. Well, thank you for staying around till the end, and make sure to check out our sponsor, in quotations. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about randomness yes whatever we want to talk about probably nothing um so farewell goodbye farewell to all yes farewell to all and may your week be filled with fiction